In this week's episode, we breeze by the Marvel and DC releases to bring you a handful of excellent indie titles, including another great new book from Scout Comics. Oh, and we're still talking about Baby Yoda. It's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome back, everybody, to more Cover B. Hello. Yes, just when you thought it was safe to put your headphones back in your ears... Cover B. <laughs> I don't know. The, there's a level of danger implied there that I don't, I don't think is reasonable. I don't, I don't really know where I was going with that one. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going to do like a cliche B movie like tagline, but I was like, what, how can I podcast this? <laughs> I mean, there's so not. Now it just sounds like we're sending like deadly binaural beats at like a low decibel. It's. Oh no, they're onto us. <laughs> it's just the brown note. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing gets our viewers watching more and more like when they defecate themselves <laughs> while watching. We're while like listening. audible fiber. I don't know what you want. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome back to the show that's like special K for your ears. <laughs> it's cover B. <laughs> so we had kind of an interesting week this week. Uh, there was a good bit of comics that came out. Lots yes. of stuff from Marvel and DC, but it was a lot of like middling issues uh you know quick roundup there's more empire stuff happening more empire one shots from marvel uh and joker war is starting up in full steam over at uh dc with batgirl and batman 95 uh we're not going to talk about any of those nope. there's your marvel and dc roundup <laughs> we're only going to talk about some cool indie stuff that came out that's this right week. uh so we'll kick it off uh chew number one now you might be thinking but chris Chew number one came out years ago. Whoa. That was so loud. Relax. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Calm down. I need you to chill, robot. It's our, the AI uh, uprising. Yeah, our, <laughs> our Amazon Echo is notifying us that some packages have been delivered. <laughs> Hooray. Um, anyway, you might be saying to yourself, Chris, Chew number one from Image Comics came out years ago. Why are we talking about it? Well, smart ass, it's not, <laughs> it's not chew as in C-H-E-W. It is chew as in C-H-U, number one, which is a sequel to the title that came out years ago, Chew. Uh, it focuses on uh, the sister of the main protagonist of Chew um, and is her perspective and how she kind of deals with her whole uh, basically, the the main protagonist of Chew, the first one, the EW one. <laughs> I was not prepared for how confusing this is going to be going into it. Um, EW Chew, uh, the main protagonist in that, uh, has the ability to basically eat things and then acquire kind of sensations about, uh, you know, the world around those things. So, like, say he eats some fried chicken he's going to see the chicken's life and he's going to see the chicken being slaughtered and prepared huh. if he eats like some you know salad he's going to see like the world around the lettuce as it like grew up he becomes a cop and uses that basically he goes to crime scenes and like takes a bite out of a dead body and knows like what went down 
Oh, that's gross. His sister also has food-related powers, and we're introduced to like a whole cadre of people that have food-related powers from ones oh, that's that cool. ones that you know get faster or more focused when they eat to ones that like get super strong when they eat um, and stuff like that. I believe her whole thing is that she basically gets some sort of like food radar to some degree because um, she's like the intelligence of this criminal group. Oh, that's neat. So she's the sister of a cop with food powers, but she's a criminal with food powers. It's the other side cool. of the coin. Now, all this said, and her name is Saffron Chu. Um, all this said, I never read the original Chu, um, E.W. Chu. So I didn't have a lot to expect going into this. It's I literally have the first trade of it, and I just have never gotten around to reading it uh, because I'm constantly having to read new stuff. Um, but Chris, comics were on hold for a month. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did other things, okay? Uh, <laughs> get off my back. Like, did you ever read that first trade of Immortal Hulkybot when comics went on hold? No. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Anyway. If you didn't think that we had such an exceptional backlog of comics <laughs> that we already needed yeah. to read during the hiatus, you're wrong. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I didn't have a lot. I don't have a lot to base this off of in terms of the tone. Um, I believe it's the same writer, John Lehman. I think it's a different artist because i think it was rob gilroy who did the first two i don't know if dan boltwood did two eventually um i don't have a lot of info on that but it's very funny uh it's a very fun crime book i love the artwork in it it's very like cartoony uh with an edge hmm. um like it you know has gore and people throwing up and stuff like that and there's some sort of like crimey conspiracy going on here uh and like crime families and stuff like that so uh i think it could be really cool uh the main protagonist of ew chew does make uh an appearance and i believe this is actually i said sequel early but i i believe this is actually set before the events of chew prequel um because there's like a mention like this guy's stories haven't happened. Stories you might be familiar with haven't happened yet or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, so I think this is actually set before everything that goes down in Chew. Uh, but very good. Um, if you're a fan of Chew, pick it up. I think you'll probably be happy. Uh, if you're if you've never read Chew like myself, still pick it up. It's a it's a fun book and the characters are fun. Um, and like I said, the artwork is very appealing. Uh, I had fun with this book. I'm really excited for it. I kind of picked it up just to talk about it because it was a, you know, book connected to a long running series. And I was like, this one's worth picking up to talk about. Uh, but I actually ended up enjoying it a lot more than I kind of expected I would. So, uh, highly recommend this one. I think it's cool. Nice. Very good. Well, next on the docket is a one shot from one of my favorite uh, worlds that is being built. Um, it is a one shot from Kanto called Kanto and the Clockwork Fairies. I love Kanto so much. <laughs> we have spoken about Kanto on the podcast in a, a few times because it's amazing. The art is beautiful. It's childlike. It's got whimsy. It's mm -hmm. like very traditional esque, you know, fantasy style romp, but it's the most heartwarming uplifting 
just brings a smile to your face type of story about a little robot guy whose heart was removed by fascists and replaced with a clock and he is out to save his people and save the people he loves and they're gonna love and now they have names (laughs) and it's so good and so this one in particular Kanto's just like living his life they're making their way to a new home um, yeah, they're in the middle of their exodus. To yes, new. he is not the only one with a name now, which is adorable. Um, and he hears people, someone crying for help, and he, of course, goes to help. And he has to help some little critters escape from captivity from an evil witch. And it's just like you—you you kind of know what's going to happen, but at the same time, that's the best part because you want it to happen. You want Kanto. Mm-hmm. To be awesome and to get things done and to have determination and to be the better man in every scenario, in every circumstance. And it's just, it's so uplifting and positive and I, it, it is what we need right now it's, uh, <laughs> more than yeah, anything The cool else. thing about Kanto is that in a world that's trying to... A world full of stories that are trying to retell retell fairy tale archetypes, right? Yep. Like you've got Last God, you've got Rat Queens, you've got uh I mean, technically once in future, you've got um uh, I'm trying to think of like all these ones set in like fantasy worlds that are like Oh yeah. But we're gonna flip it. You know, yeah. There's um, so like many. recently we talked about like murder hobo, and you've got, you know, uh, what is that one? Folklords is that the one yep. that you've been Folk reading? Folklords is a weird one. And so you know, there's all kinds of stories that are like, oh, die wind. Yeah, wind. I mean, we haven't gotten too far into wind, so I don't know if it will necessarily fall into one category or the other. But right. Um, you know, we're in a world that's absolutely full of people that are like, I'm going to retell fairy tale archetypes. I'm going to make them darker or kind of turn them on their head. You know, I'm going to like, There's so many. yeah, I, I'm going to adult up these fairy tales, you know, darken it. Um, and then you've got Kanto, which is just like, let's tell a fairy tale and make it nice. And, you know, like everything's trying to give fairy tales the christopher nolan treatment yeah like everything's gonna be dark and broody dc and that's like everything like even in tv you've got the like once upon a time which took disney tales and made them all like epic yeah yeah and so then you and then you've just got kanto which does have a unique enough story (laughs) to stand out but also is just familiar and wholesome and it's just like and bright and and it's got happy endings and it's got heroism and loyalty and the ending is so well done of the first series to the extent where i don't even really want to spoil it no and you you know there's this whole build to like the hero finally gets his princess and that isn't necessarily what happens but it still is a treasure and a rewarding end in and of itself yep. what does happen what 100%. does come from it and it's it's just so well done and it's it's such a like you said like a bright kind of shining story and epic 
to yeah. have. And I'm very excited for volume two. I'm very excited that we got to have this kind of interlude leading into volume two. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you haven't been reading Canto, like you have to be. You have to find Canto and it's been on so many lists dive of into the it. like best book of its year. Yeah. Because it's it's just it's so wholesome in a time when things can feel so bleak. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, if yeah. you need that everybody needs an instance where something gives them positivity. You need that injection of optimism because you cannot sit and watch the world as it is and watch the news and listen to the stories and see how bleak things are, especially in the day to day without having instances of just positivity and Canto provides that. Mm -hmm. So go get it. (laughs) Do it to it. Go get it. Go do it. Um, So next up is another one from image uh, called bliss. Uh, This one just started this week. It's an eight issue mini uh, it's by the same team that did one that we've talked about on the podcast a long time ago called Coyotes. Um, Coyotes was great. I loved Coyotes, and so I was really excited for this one to come out. Uh, and it's super cool. It's got a very different tone from Coyotes. Uh, for those who don't know, Coyotes was about effectively a group of women that are kind of like Vampire Slayer-esque. Like they're like mystically charged with the ability to you know fight these werewolves these coyotes the coyotes themselves are all men um and they're men with like anger and you know impulsive violence and like sexual deviancy and stuff like that so it's a commentary it was a you know fairly thinly veiled commentary on you know the plight of women in a male-driven aggressive world uh but it was very well done and it's the art was freaking cool uh (laughs) the characters were great and coyotes is definitely worth picking up it's in at least two trades because i think it was like a 12 issue mini um or maxi i guess they call those nowadays um, but it's Sean Lewis is writing and the art is done by Caitlin Yarsky and they come back to do this one bliss, uh, which seems to be more, uh, about like cycles of violence or like, how do we atone for our past or how are, how our choices made sometimes like sometimes the choices we make though the actions and the choices themselves might be bad or evil. Maybe the intentions are fine. Okay. Uh, It seems to be a lot about like history and memory, Um, but it's set in very different uh, setting than coyotes. Coyotes took place mostly out in like a very southwestern kind of deserty region. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was ever set in like a real region or if it was just kind of like implied Arizona, Mexico, New Mexico, Texas, kind of like yeah, that, you know, southwest. Um, this one takes place in like a fictional city, so it's got oh, a lot of okay. urban sprawl and like the struggle of like lower class urbanites and things like that. Okay. Um. And yeah, and then it just throws this super weird supernatural element at you out of freaking nowhere. (laughs) And 
it looks really good. I, I'm very excited to keep up with this one. I think it's going to be cool. I That's love this awesome. team. They're like, I hope they keep doing stuff together because I think they have potential to be one of those like classic indie teams. Oh, I love that. You know, That's like awesome. you've got like the Brubaker and Phillips team and, uh, you know, the stuff Gillen, like that. The, the Gillen uh, McKelvey team. G- Gillen McKelvey team. Uh, I'd love to say Brian Kavon and somebody, but he always uses a different artist. <laughs> but um, yeah, Not I mean, this place. has a lot of lot of potential to be another one of those good teams with like a lot of really creative ideas, and uh, it's just it's a cool book, and it's got a nice mix of like really relatable, just like Coyotes. It's got a nice mix of like really relatable ideas and uh, themes with a little bit of supernatural kind of mixed in. Nice. So that's awesome. That sounds really good. Well, last on the list today is another indie book. Um, this one hit me in the feels real hard. Um, it's called Yasmin. It's by Saif Ahmed and Fabiana Mascolo. Um, it is effectively a story being told about a family that has to leave their home um, due to war and violence um from iran correct uh iraq i thought is it iraq yeah. okay um to come to america because they are being effectively um eradicated from their home because of their religion and it takes place in like the span of a year um and it jumps back and forth between when they had to leave their home um, and the damage that was done and now the present day and dealing with the newfound struggles that come with being in America. And it gave me very strong Persepolis vibes. I was going to say Persepolis. Um, yeah. Which is a story about the um, the change in regime from a more westernized that was Iran, I believe. That was Iran. Yeah, um, that was the a more westernized structure of government and social acceptance in Iran to the very um tyrannical religious uh rulership. And it it's again, it's focusing on a young woman. Um trying to deal with these strong changes in, you know, societal expectations, except it's kind of the reverse because in Persepolis, it went from like, we can do whatever we want. We were super liberated to now we can't do anything and we're super oppressed to kind of the other way where they're going from like, we have a very structured and expected way of living. And now we have to see if we want to push those boundaries in America Mm -hmm. to try and fit in. But do you want to like it's her father even mentions, you know, you don't have to wear your hijab if you don't want to. You can wear whatever you want. But her mom's like, um, excuse you. No, she can't. But it's also, there's a, (laughs) there's a lot of subtext in this book that I really dig. Um, you know, like you mentioned Persepolis and Persepolis is like a, spanning odyssey when you read the whole thing right about you know her life before the islamic revolution in iran the what happens during them leaving her becoming an adult her going back and thinking about it um and this is just over a year but it's it's from like a really interesting perspective because in iraq they had money and they were buying this big new house yep and then, you know, it flashes to them in America renting a house that's, eh, you know, 
Yep. And you, like you said, her dad's like, you know, you can wear whatever you want. We see her like trying to buy shorts in Iraq and her uncle's like, no, your parents will kill me. But then in America, <laughs> he's like, you can buy whatever you want. Like, you don't have to wear your hijab anymore. And but then he also says, like, I don't want her to be singled out. Yep. So there's this subtext of like, you know, we're fleeing Iraq because ISIS is infiltrating and, you know, wiping out people because you know they're the wrong they're the wrong yeah they they worship the wrong way they have the wrong surname they're attached to the wrong part of our religion and then they come to the u.s and while there's freedom they also are now muslim in the u.s and so there's other immigrants on top of it i mean refugees in the u.s and We all know how the refugees were looked at in the media. And it's like, you know, like, because this is how, isn't this happening? Like, isn't it said in like 2018, 2017? Yeah, very recent. So it's a very, very cool book. And it's very, you know, timely um, and very emotional emotional it's emotional without being actively emotional like you don't see people crying you don't see it's not us being in someone's head hearing their monologue 2014 okay but it's it's still the facial expressions as they're portrayed and the conversations they have and the way they have them there's like chris said there's just the subtext of emotional despondence and brokenness and it's it's so good. Like, it's so important, in my opinion, for us as, you know, I'm speaking to fellow Americans, that we don't necessarily get a lot of perspective of the outside, our our borders, and the type of experiences that they have, and what they're dealing with, and how it affects them and so i feel like it's so incredibly valuable to get these perspectives to understand that these things are happening in the world because so often stuff goes down and it's just a fleeting news story you see on your facebook feed and you have no context and you may not even click on it so something that could be devastating an entire nation we're completely isolated from it we we don't get involved we don't know and we should know. Yeah. We we should it's, we should be aware of what's happening in the world and so often we don't. And it's cool to it's have important. a perspective from you know, it it's a perspective that doesn't get enough attention. Yes. Um you know, we especially here in America, we so much you know, are fed how we should feel about things. Yep. And it's nice to have somebody being like, but here's a story. Here's kind of an idea of what it's like. Take from it what you will, but this is what this girl's journey was. This is what, you know, many refugees have had to face in the face of, you know, ISIS rolling into their town and causing havoc. But then also having to come to the U.S. and deal with a world that's been fed those ideas about who we are. It's it's an attempt to humanize in, you know, honestly, a society that so often has media trying to dehumanize. Yep. You know, the unfortunate truth is that our media, a lot of our media does what it can to dehumanize. 
refugees and Muslims and people from the Middle East and stuff like that. And it's important to keep those very real, very personal stories available. Yep. And I would like to point out, too, that this is another Scout comic book. I don't know what happened at Scout <laughs> Comics, but they have freaking came to play. I mean, yeah. we talked about two Scout books last week. Yep. We read three Scout books last week. Yep. And there's another Scout book out this week that is impressive. It's, and it's just it's Scout is really like they have stepped up their game. They are time. blowing stuff out. So, you know, if you ever can get there's I mean, there's old Scout books. I am now like, man, I wish I could read this because I wonder if it's Any as good. amazing as yeah. <laughs> what we've been reading. I mean, something else to note just about this book that I think is important is that at no point do they villainize America in any way. Like. There's no. I mean, in the number one. Right. If you we're in the, a we're in the number one, so we don't know. If what you read the overall over. solicitation from the the writer, the whole fear and hatred from American society is going to come into play. It doesn't come into play in book one, um, but it is definitely going to be a factor of the overall story, and I think that's good. I do too. I think I hate to say it, but there are elements of American culture that should be vilified in this particular context. Absolutely. You know, but I if think that makes be... you uncomfortable, that's part of it being not you. The, right. I know it doesn't make you uncomfortable. <laughs> listener, if that makes you uncomfortable, just understand that that's part of the discussion. You right. know what I mean? I like, think what I'm trying to say, too, though, is that like. It doesn't go in with the context of like, this is going to be about hate in America. Like they came here as refugees intentionally. And you can tell that like if there is going to be hostility and violence, it's going to be from a very personal perspective of individuals yeah. that helps represent the bigger cause yeah. without being like F America. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it allows you to approach it in such a way where you can learn from it without feeling yeah. defensive. To be fair, yeah, the exactly. The the writer doesn't make it like, oh no, now we have to go to America. They're gonna chew us up and spit us out. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not like America's this like terrible alternative. Exactly. They want to be here. They want to, you know, try to make a life there. They want to thrive. And while, you know, the the more bigoted side of the culture is going to play a factor. I have faith that the the writer, the author is going to focus on that and not make a sweeping generalization. Exactly. Because that, I mean, in and of itself, if you make a sweeping generalization, you kind of hinder your own commentary of don't make a sweeping generalization yep. of me. So exactly. um, most writers kind of focusing on this topic are good at avoiding that. Uh, but with the subtleties and kind of nuances that this this author was able to uh, work in, I really feel like it's not going to be a problem. Uh, Ahmed has done a really good job of, yeah, I mean, just keeping things subtle and not very, like, in your face. But I mean, and focusing, important. you know, making things really, like, pinhole focused so that you can be like, this is... And it, I like that they split it up on time because you'll see it flash. This was our life in Iraq. This is our life now. And it's they're both compared. So it's yep. like you see her trying to buy shorts and being told, oh, no. And then it immediately flashes like it flashed to that from her shopping with her mom, not being able to find anything. And then it like immediately flashes out of that to her dad being like, you could wear whatever you want. We're in America now. But at the same time, it's like a different type of struggle because her mom's like, well, I guess you could wear this if you wore a long sleeve shirt underneath it. Like, yeah, 
back then she wanted to be, you know, have the more liberating clothing. And now all there is is liberated clothing where it doesn't necessarily fit within the confines of their religion. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting comparison. It's really I am cool. I am very excited to see Yasmin's journey. And Me I think too. honestly, we've got I think honestly, this book is going to stand out in the history of comics as yet another story along the lines of, you know, Persepolis and others that have kind of told this very like emotional story from this perspective. Um, and it's just going to be one that people constantly refer back to. I, I think it has a lot of potential to be another very educational tool in the fight for understanding for this side of mankind. I agree. So absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Um, if you want more Cover B, you can find us on our website, coverbpodcast.com. You can find past episodes, um, all sorts of cool stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we do movie reviews. We do book reviews. We do all sorts of cool things. You should probably come and check it out. Yeah. That's what I think. For sure. You should also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Cover Me Podcast. I've been doing such a better job of keeping it updated. So there's always news and cool things being shared. And there's a lot less Baby Yoda than there was at one point. There was a ton of Baby Yoda. <laughs> we were at, it's so much better. We were at, I don't know if you saw this, but we were actually at Publix right before recording this, doing some grocery shopping. And I thought it was weird because there was like a whole like little cardboard shelf with a bunch of like the child Mandalorian stuff. And I was like, why do they still have this? <laughs> You're lucky I did not see that like because I would have brought it Koozies and bumper stickers and lanyards. And I'm like, man, has this been here the whole time? <laughs> Clearly. And I just never saw it because I would have had everything I actually everything think places are only just now getting their child merchandise because Disney didn't solicit any of it until after the reveal. Yeah. And so a lot of it's probably only just now coming out of production. That's crazy. Especially with, you know, pandemics. The way this year yeah. has been. Anyway, crazy. that was a super aside that interrupted our entire <laughs> outro. Hey, it's fine. Um, anyway... We um, will have another episode for you next week. We might have a couple uh, real extras coming out pretty soon yep. as well. I know last week I said we were going to have a real extra, but we got busy. So we this just, week was crazy. We honestly didn't have a chance to record it. So I really want to do a real extra for Old Guard. Uh, I want to make sure that people get a chance to see that and hear what we think about it. So uh, that will probably be on the horizon. So keep an eye out for that. And like I said, we've got um, Umbrella... Com- Umbrella Academy, I can't speak, <laughs> coming, uh, the next season coming out at the end of July, so we'll have one oh, God, for that yeah. as well. And again, the Snyder Cut. Nope. Crickets. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm not doing it. We're doing it. I'm not. Nope. Can't make me. Yes, you can. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can and I will. Anyway, have a great rest of your weekend. Yep. We hope that you guys are staying safe and staying cool and staying out of the crazy weather because, man, is the weather crazy nowadays. Um, And we will talk to you in the next episode of Cover Cover Me. Me. Bye, fam.